Hello and welcome to Injury Time and this is part 2 of the ISL preview with Pradeem Reddy. So I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Let's get right to it. So in the second episode, let's start with your let's favorite. Start, yeah, absolutely. Let's start with Kerala Blasters. Like, sure. <laughs> so I'll, I, I, I'll tell you about the observation, couple of them that I've made. I think the coaches, with what they've done with the coach is quite decent. The keeper Vikona, who knows the league a little bit, has one in Mohan Bagan. Don't know if he can replicate it in Kerala's conditions. The condition, I mean, you know, the club conditions. Uh, I think in goalkeeping, they have improved with Albino coming in from what they had last year. And Nishu, obviously, going purely by last year's performance, I think, is a decent signing. Although I didn't know why they needed to sign another left-back. They had uh, Ruatara and... They had uh, Rakip, I think, went. Uh, Jessel on the other side. So I thought their wingbacks were okay. I don't know why they had to sign Nishu. But uh, anyway, changed all the foreigners again. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it seems like they are starting from scratch again, like they do every single year. Yeah, I mean, Kerala Brasses is one of those enigmas. It's just just when you think, okay, this is... They've now learned from their mistake of last season. They're going to change. And you look to the initial reaction of the club. They were, they retained Bart. They retained Sido. Um, they look to be in the market for Thierry, who is a vastly experienced uh, centre-back in Indian football in, in the ISL. And you know, they made a, the marketing signing in Nishu. So you think, OK, this is going to be a good season. They've got um, a good tech a sporting director who's come in, who seems to be calling the shots. He brought in um, Kibo Vicuna and you know, in terms of coaching personnel, I actually think, I mean, it's like I'm, I'm starting to wonder, it's like whatever happened to retaining coaches? I mean, just because you missed out, you're probably more likely to succeed if you keep the same coach because yeah. he probably knows a lot more about where it went wrong and he can address those issues. Whereas the moment you keep chopping and changing, which is what they've done, if you look at how many coaches they've had in the last seven, six seasons, is you're starting from zero every single time. You're not starting from, look, even though you didn't get to, let's say, 10 last year, you might have just finished short. You you, you finished, let's say, on a scale of 1 to 10, you finished 4. But if you retain the coach, you're picking up from that same spot. Whereas you start from a new coach, you're always starting from scratch. And again, it's some of the things like we spent, mentioned with another club, it's just confusing in a way, in a way why, why they would do what they did. Now, obviously, goalkeeping was a concern and you need to address it. If you're spending the kind of money that they were spending with Nishus and, and some of the others, you've got a question, why not get a top goalkeeper? So you're building from the back, get a good goalkeeper. Albino, a couple of seasons ago, was probably top three or four goalkeepers in India. But he hasn't played for two seasons. He's been injured. And it's not as if he's been... I'm not saying an injury is a, is a death sentence and you shouldn't sign an injured player, but has he... Is he capable of competing? Because it's taken a long time to come back from that ACL injury. So you've got question marks over whether he can last the season. You know, have they seen him playing out from the back? Because you've signed a coach who's adamant on playing out from the back. And with Bilal Khan, lovely kid, Bilal, you know, up has potential to be a good goalkeeper, but playing out of the back is not his strength. He doesn't want the back pass. And we saw that last season, even with, with Elko. So, question marks. And then you've got Propsuk and Gill, who, again, isn't really a top-flight goalkeeper yet. So, automatically, 
you're starting to look, are they actually better than they were last season in that department? Then if you look at the centre-backs, um, you know, I think both um, the defenders last season, they've obviously gone on for Zoe Villain and they've moved on. And you've got in somebody like Bakari Kone and um, Costa, who look to be upgrades from last season. So if they choose to play with both those foreign centre-backs, I think then they'll be okay. If they don't and try and do what they've been doing in preseason, which is trying to play out from the back with the likes of uh, Haku and and others, I think they're going to get stuck um, because teams will press and teams will figure them out. And th- these kids are, you know, they're good defenders. You can you can hide them in a in a back four as a right back and get away with it. Um, but if you rely on them primarily as your centre-backs throughout the season, I think you'll have more problems than not. And then you go further into midfield again. For me, if I was talking, if you were to give me the top three foreign players for last season for Kerala Blasters, I don't think Sido would be in that. Uh, he he played a lot of games because a lot of the others were injured, but wouldn't be he didn't stand out in anything that he did particularly. And so again, you've retained a player who probably wasn't your best of your foreign players. You know, by far, but Ogbeche was their best player. Um, Messi Bully was the enigma, but he, he delivered. And I think Zouivillen was also key when he was fit and available. So it doesn't really make much sense in that respect. But, you know, it's good to have some continuity. And, you know, he's a solid player. Don't get me wrong, he's not a bad player. Then when it comes to the Indians, you've got the sort of conundrum now. With You've, you've signed some creative players like Pereira and Vincente Gomez. And you've got Sido, all these guys who play in that same position where fan favorite Sahal needs to play. Yeah. And again, if you look at performances last season, Sahal wasn't the best Indian midfielder for them. I thought Jeekson did very well in the games that he played. And and even at times when Samuel came on, he did quite well. So you've signed <clears throat> so again, why why go and sign players like Rohit Kumar when you've got foreign players in that position? You're not playing in Asia. You've got Sahal, you've got Jeekson. So I don't really understand some of the signings um, in in that respect. And Puitea as well, as another one who's an upgrade on all of those players, if you look at last couple of seasons' performances. So where they do have strength, I think going forward, they've got some decent players. As Gary Hooper's a good good signing, scored in preseason yesterday. And from all accounts, <clears throat> he's, he's a proper hard-working centre-forward and They'll, they'll definitely be a threat. My concerns are what you mentioned earlier about the coach is, yeah, he'd had a good season at Mohan Bagan, but Mohan Bagan, he had time to build his team. He had time, you know, you've got, you have a lot of, lot more time with the Kolkata League, with Durand Cup, you've got to get your philosophies in. And then when you come to the I-League, if you've got good foreign players, you can, you can do well with that. He hasn't brought in any of those foreign players with him. Which so you know makes you question, and some of them have ended up at like obviously Fran Gonzalez has ended up at um, Bengaluru. Yeah. So he hasn't brought in any of those. Hasn't really brought in that many of his Indian uh, players either. I thought you know you you think that so it just makes you question whether he's on the same page as his sporting director or or whoever's in charge of the Indian recruitment at the club, because you've got a coach in one country and he moves. To and he doesn't take a single player. It's 
which means again he's starting from zero. So now he's got to get all these players playing the way he he would like them to play. Because if it's it's not like he's inheriting a team where a lot of them played last season, so he can just say, okay, put these players in and then we'll play the way we did because it's a new left back in Nishu if Nishu plays in Jessel's position. It's a new goalkeeper. It's new centre backs. So everything has to be coached from scratch. And I think that's where with the disjointed preseason that everybody seems to be having. I think as I heard of yesterday, they've still got three players in quarantine. One might be out today. So we're one week away from the opener. I mean, I'm sorry, nine days away from playing ATK, Mondogan. So you, you want <laughs> need your players out on the field, not not still in quarantine. So that's that's what I think could be their undoing at the start of the season, and maybe hope recover. Yeah, and in terms of your uh, young player, I'd like to see. Shaibor Lankarpan get some game time. I think in the reserves and in second division, he's always looked impressive. And, and um, you know, we're always looking for young Indian forwards who can do well. He's definitely one that, given the opportunities, will do well. Um, and in terms of, I think, the foreign players, I think Gary Hooper is the one that I've probably got my eye most on. Okay. I have a personal soft spot towards Arjun Jairaj. Because he's from Gokulam. Okay. Uh, but I'm not sure if uh, last year he, I think he had an injury or something, like a serious yeah, injury. Right, so they register him. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, look, they've got a couple of good young Indian lads over there. I think, um, I think, I think Nong Domba is the only one that um, hmm. Kibu's brought with him from Monbagan. So he probably get more game time than somebody else. So he's someone that could perform. But also, you know, having a Nong Domba there will put pressure on Kravin's and others to perform. And, you know, Puitea as well, if he gets a lot of consistent game time, he, he could be one that does really well too. I think he was impressive in North East two seasons ago. Yeah. So from a coach who didn't take any of their players to a coach who took half his team with him, uh, let's go to Mumbai City, Sergio Lovera. We're moving well from one team to another with these segues, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, very good squad on paper. On paper. Yes. At absolutely. least by name. Um, I don't know anything about uh, Sai Godard, but everybody seems to be mad about uh, how good he is. Uh, Adam Lefondre, Ogbeche. How, how is he ever going to fit all of them in the same time, in the same place? Because Ogbeche plays with Lefondre as both strikers, and uh, Loberas never played with two strikers. True. Um, I think the easy and obvious one would have been to say, yeah, he's going to play with a 4-4-2 diamond which is, you know, he'll play Jahu at the base of the diamond and then Bumu at the apex of it. And in front of Bumu would be Lafondra and Ogbeche. Now, that would probably sh- send shivers down the spine of any opposition defender if that's the lineup you're facing. If, you, if someone says, we saw a bit and these three or four are definitely starting, you'd be, you'd be getting nervous because, you know, then Bumu's playing in between the lines. He's, he's free. And you've got two lethal strikers. So you're going to keep your back four and your defensive midfielder. So probably your back five and you're you know, very, very busy. But it's the balance, I think, is where they might come unstuck. Because if he goes with that kind of a formation, and the question is, you know, that's already four of his five foreigners, then he can only afford one more, which is probably going to be Murtada Fall at the back. 
Now, who do you play alongside Murtada Falk? We've seen with Libero's teams in the past, when he's gone with an Indian centre-back alongside a foreign centre-back, they've always been susceptible to concede. And when his team started to do a little bit better defensively, it was when he had Carlos Peña and Murtada Falk playing together. He doesn't have that luxury over here because um, Hernan Santana is a midfielder. Um, I think unless he's going to convert either Jahu or Santana to play centre back, he can't really play. With, he can't play with two foreign centre backs because he doesn't have them in his squad. If he goes with an Indian centre back, again, if you're looking at his squad, the only ones who come to mind are Sartak Golui and Metap Singh. Sartak's played, you know, 50-50 half at centre back, half at right back over the last couple of seasons. Although he's in the long run will make a good centre back. Um, and I don't think Metab's quite ready for this level just yet. I mean, he'll get there one day. Then if you look at their fullbacks, Rakip's good going forward, and you've got Mandar who's probably going to play on the left. And from the last preseason game, Pranjal Bumic played out as a right back. So, again, it's Lovera being, you know, I'll make a right back rather than I don't need to have one. He's quite happy with his right back being more attacking than necessarily defensive abilities. So whilst, they, without a doubt, this team will be one of the top scorers in the league. Mm. But the question is, how many clean sheets can they keep? And I think that could be their undoing. If they can't organize themselves properly at the back, so you might revert back to a 4-2-3-1, in which case Ogbeche and Lafondre, one of them will have to be on the bench. And But it's a dangerous bench. Imagine when you're making substitution, one of them is coming on. Um, so they're definitely going to be a threat. They're definitely going to be contenders for the top four spot and one of the favourites to, to pick up the trophy at the end of the season. But I think if teams can figure them out and get into that sort of soft underbelly that is their defence... I think we're going to have a lot of... It'll probably be the most exciting team to watch. There'll be a lot of 4-3 kind of games. But let me... This thing with Rubera, Libera is... I, I personally don't think he can win the title. He can win the league. I don't know if he can win the title. Because eventually it comes down to... He was going to... You, you, you don't need... You always know how he's going to play in a certain yeah. way. And sooner or later, a team like ATK or BFC who are defensively inclined and transition playing on transition and things like that they'll come and figure you out especially in the knockouts i mean there was 11 goals against chennai in the knockouts last year in the semi-finals absolutely That's ridiculous think, absolutely i mean there's no doubt um and don't forget this is a longer season now with um sc east bengal coming in now you've got 11 teams so it automatically becomes a longer season the longer the seasons are teams like this as you said Coaches will figure them out. And it's not just... I mean, if a team can figure them out in a knockout, you'll figure them out in the league because some of these teams and coaches play the same way irrespective of whether it's a knockout game, whether it's a um, first game of the season or seventh game or tenth or mid last game of the season. And it takes us back to what Edu Badia said. If there isn't that much of a focus on defence and other teams are focusing on it, they could probably figure out teams like this and they might not necessarily have such an easy ride uh, to the top of the table. 
Yeah. Let's just hope uh, some people in Mumbai this sparks the interest again in Mumbai because from what I hear last couple of years it's not been that great. Yeah, I mean in terms of it'll be, they will be one of the most exciting teams to watch this season. Uh, sadly, there's no fans um, in the game at the stadiums. Otherwise, this would be the match that everyone would want to go and watch. Um, you're definitely going to get excitement. Uh, you're going to get goals. But I think. It probably be you know you need to be glued to your TV seat. This is going to be one of those tune in watch. <laughs> You'll definitely get goals in this game. You won't be any nil nils when these these guys are playing. Um, yeah. But and I think again to get to the players to watch, Adam Lafondre looks a really really good striker. I mean he was second behind Roy Krishna two seasons ago in the A League. So this guy knows knows where the back of the net is, and um, I'm sure he'll be trying to sort of prove his credentials um, right from the get-go and he's been scoring in preseason again as well. So he, he's fit, he's sharp and raring to go. Um, and in terms of the youngsters, they got a few, but the question is which one's going to get a chance? I mean, you can't really see the likes of a Sotas getting too many minutes or the likes of a Bidyananda getting too many minutes and even Although Vikram Pratap's been signed and there's a lot of hype about him, I can't see him um, getting too many minutes. So I think in their team, it could be somebody like a Valpuya, somebody at the back, or a Sarta Golui, who might end up being the one as a young player who catches catches the eye the most. Yeah, so let's go from this exciting team to another one which is coming in with a lot of excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, East Bengal. Okay. So... I actually was pleasantly surprised yesterday when I saw the result they had because I thought, you know, um, not having a preseason properly, maybe a week and a half lesser than others, sort of came in last minute into the league in itself. And I didn't think their players, their squad looks that great because a lot of them, JJ, Valvan, Vinit, Eugene, didn't have great seasons in the last, let's say, two years, three years. And they all sort of have to find their own. Either they have to show that they're still as good as they were, or this is maybe they are on the way now, whatever. That's what I was thinking. So, what do you make of that team now? Robbie Fowler, again, an experienced coach in India. Yeah, I mean, if you'd asked me this yesterday, I probably would have, both of us would be exactly on the same page because it's, you know, they've had the shortest preseason compared to everybody. They've probably picked up a lot of players after a lot of clubs had already signed them. So, you've ended up with, players that other clubs have opted not to sign in terms of Indian players. But with that said, I think Bengaluru FC, we proved it in 2013-14 that you can win the league with players that other clubs have opted not to sign because there's a lot of good players that clubs miss for whatever reasons, whatever preconceived notions and, and everything. So people might think that a JJ, a Balwant, a Eugene, uh, Narayan Das, etc. are all uh, CK Beneath, Senad Singh. These guys are all over the hill. Mohammad Rafiq, etc. But and Devjit. Let's not forget these are all. I've just pr- pretty much listed about an almost an entire Indian team lineup. All these guys have represented India, so you can't take away that experience that they have. And you, again, you just mentioned those same names again, Devjit, Gurtej, Rafiq, I'm sorry, maybe not Rafiq, maybe not Rafiq, JJ, Balwant, 
Eugene, they've all won the league. They've yeah. all got high league winners' medals. So they've all, you know, been part of championship winning teams and CK as well. So you've got experienced players who are obviously very good footballers as well. Now, if you can get them fit, get good rotation. So, and this is with senior players sometimes, maybe they're not going to give you 20 games in the season. But if you can get 10 good games out of them and rotate them wisely so you can get the best out of their aging bodies and legs, and then balance that with some of the good youngsters like Yumnam Gopi Singh, who scored yesterday, um, and some of the other pretty impressive young players that they've got. They've got a couple of other young guys who are there or thereabouts. Um, then you could get start upsetting a few teams. I mean, I wouldn't even think it's an upset because, you know, it's a big club and, you know, Again, if you look at performances over the past six years, this is a team that's always there in the top four, the leagues that they play in. They're always contending for the title. They just always blow it. You know, they're almost like the, like the South African cricket team of um, of Indian football. You know, they just choke. And you've now got good management. And although Robbie Fowler might be new to Indian football, what he's done, which is pretty astute, is he's brought a lot of his staff from Brisbane with him. Mm people who he's worked with, and he's brought a lot of players that he's worked with in the past. So, although it's new in terms of the country, and he, he'll he have a lot of continuity to his squad, and, you know, we expected him to play with a back three yesterday. He did play with a back three yesterday, and they looked impressive right from the get-go. They they put, granted, it wasn't the strongest Kerala Blasters team, but by the same token, it wasn't the strongest um, SE East Bengal team either. They were missing um, players. But, you know, two out of his three centre-backs are going to be foreign. That automatically gives you a massive advantage in Indian football. He, he'll have three out of his, most probably three out of his, you know, he'll have three players in his midfield and one as a, as a striker, probably, up front also. In some kind of, there'll be three in that area of the field. So there'll definitely be a threat going forward. And whatever people might want to say about JJ and Balwant or whatever, the guys have delivered and they can score goals. And, you know, with good players around them, they will be a tough team to break down, I think. And they've just got that grit and another team that doesn't have any Spanish players in them. So there'll certainly be a certain competitiveness about them um, to, you know, make it that cliched sort of thing. But, you know, these players will have a point to prove. They'll probably try and say, listen, you might, you guys might play that particular style of play, but we'll, you know, we'll play a different way that will beat you. So I'm really looking forward to their games. And I think having them in the league is fantastic. Although there's no crowds this year, um, hmm. if and when we do get back to having crowds, I mean, watching them against ATK and in at Salt Lake will be the sort of ticket that everybody wants. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also very happy that they're there. I'm not a big fan of the team and the management as such. But yeah, I think I think that team is... No, I think, especially, I think, like, even Bengaluru, I'm sure Bengaluru FC people don't want, you know, not too happy that East Bengal's in with them, because if you look at the results over the years, they've always been there. Sort of <laughs> another one of their bogey teams, like Mumbai. Like Mumbai, yeah. And the, what I think, it's it's a good sign that clubs that have done well in the I-League and have this tremendous fan support, if they can, you know, fulfill the credentials and come into the ISL. Because, look, in a few years' time, if Gokulam can come into the ISL, That'll be amazing. That would just be, it's great for Indian football. Then you'll have, you, you've got this derby in Calcutta, you've got that derby in um, Kerala, and these are genuine derbies, not the sort of 
you know. Yeah, absolutely. And where you'll genuinely start having people from certain part of Kerala saying, yeah, this is the team we support, that's the team they support. And even youngsters will grow up saying, I want to play for this team or I want to play for that team. And that's only that's only going to be better for Indian football. So I think it's a good sign. It's a sign that we're moving eventually in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, there's no competition. Gokulam is a better team. Uh, their jersey is better. So even right there. So uh, that's that's just uh, that's the fan talking. But exactly. But that but that's what you want. You want that kind of fan rivalry. That's just you know it gives you so much hype even before the match is played. As I said yesterday was pre-season friendly behind closed doors and we had so many words we had a 4-2 we had three ones coming in we had Balwan score we said no it was Gopi who scored no it was Jacques Mogamo who scored and this is all because you've got so much of a fan following that all these internet whatsapp and all sorts of rumors are flowing because it was Kerala Blasters versus SC East Bengal so it was great that you in a pre-season match you can have so much hype that even us in lock, you know, we're in quarantine in a room and we're exchanging and predictive lineups and everything like that. Um, so imagine what it's going to be like once we can actually get to see them all play. So okay, very, very exciting. Yeah. So right, let's sorry. go from two that, players. Two players. Yeah. yeah sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I think the um, from what I've gathered, I spoke to a couple of the lads at the team. They said Pilkington, the midfielder, he is raring to go. He's super competitive. He's um, ready, he's pumped, and he's someone to keep you know watch out for definitely. In terms of youngsters, they don't have too many in their team. It's a lot of more experienced players, but I think Gopi Singh, and I'm not just saying that because he scored yesterday, um, but I think Gopi's one to watch for this season. Yeah. Absolutely. So now let's go to a couple of clubs where maybe the hype is not the same, mm-hmm. but uh, hopefully they can build. Let's start with Northeast United FC. New coach, Gerard Ness. Uh, I don't know much about him. I don't think he's ever been a head coach before. I'm not uh, very sure. So, uh, does, is that going to come and uh, bite them in the ass now? Um, well, you know, we've had a coach who's never been a head coach before and Carlos Quadrat go on to win the league. So, you know, it's, I don't think we should dismiss coaches who um, who are on the first step of the their coaching journey in their life um, based on that. I think the bigger issue is similar to what Hyderabad, what we mentioned. It's again, it's even I'm not basing this on this season. It's over the past six seasons. It's a club that are perennial and you know relegation candidates if there was a relegation because of again over the past six seasons the way they've on average finished last on average have the lowest points per game have the lowest win percentage over the last six seasons. So what's to say that this season's going to be? another exception like they had two seasons ago. And again, you look at the way the quiet in the off-season didn't really do much. So in terms of their Indian players, they've gone after players that probably they couldn't go after the ones that East Bengal went after because of the price tags. But they've opted to go for a mixture of some unknown gems and some Northeastern players who are probably under the radar or under the value. Um, and I think that that's where you see the obvious weakness. I don't think they've got any standout um, Indian players. Um, I think apart from you know one or two kids, um, like Apoya was really good last season, that midfielder. He's one that I hope he gets more opportunities in them. 
And if you look at their foreigners, I mean, have they retained anyone? Yes, they probably retained the best one. And this is a surprise to me that no one else has gone after him. I think um, Federico Gallego was one, two seasons ago was absolutely brilliant um, with, uh, with Ogbeche. Um, I think he was coming back from injury last year. We didn't see the best of him. So this season will be a true test of whether he has actually fully recovered from that injury or whether you know, he's, he's, he's not the player he used to be prior to the injury, that horrific injury he had. Um, I don't really know too much, and I haven't seen too much about their foreign contingent. The Ghanaian striker seems to be their focal point of attack, Kwesie Apia. Everything in the preseason game yesterday against Jumpship, where everything was played into him. Um, and what's a bit surprising, the feedback I got from people who watched feedback I got from people who watched the game was that they were quite direct and they're quite defensive. So they weren't one of this fancy, let's try to play out from the back. And, well, let's get the ball up to our striker as quickly as possible and then let's, let's build from there. Now, it could be because the coach is quite smart. He's being pragmatic about it, realizing that he doesn't have the squad that the others have. And let's play low-risk football. Let's get the ball away from our goal rather than try and build out from the back and concede. Let's get the ball up and capitalize and let the other teams have to work harder to break us down. And, you know, I'm not surprised you got Khalid Jamil at that club. Yeah. So he's obviously quite astute, knows Indian football. He might have passed on this knowledge saying, that, listen, with the squad we've got, this is the best strategy to have. And, and he's a great defensive coach as well. Absolutely. So if if Khalid's inputs are bigger this year than they were in the past, and if they both work together with that sort of principle in mind, saying that let's focus a lot on our defending and let's you know let's try and win the game in the last ten minutes. Like Khalid, I mean, one of Khalid's philosophies was pretty much keep the game close to the 80th minute, don't let it get away from you, and then either try and claw back a draw in the last ten minutes or win the game in the last ten minutes. And I think if they can do that, they'll definitely be one of the teams to watch out for in terms of they'll have a completely different strategy and style of play from the others. And with all these other teams playing all this expansive way, these guys just could be the, you know, smash and grab, take the three points and go home kind of team. Yeah, the counterpunches. Counterpunch, yeah. No, so I'm, so it'll be, it's good to have that. I know in a way it's nice that there's these different styles of play um, to, to challenge some of the others. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to say this. I mean, I'm very pleased to see that they took care of Gallego for two seasons. That's a very classy thing to do from the club. And who is the place that you're looking at now? I think Apuya. Um, so that's Lalek Moya, the center midfielder. He's definitely one that um, <clears throat> if I were the club, I'd try and lock him into a long-term contract because bigger clubs are going to come after him. Um and someone's going to be making an offer for him soon. There's a couple of other kids like um, Mapuya and others who've, who've come in. The question is, will they get game time in this club? So not really sure which other players apart from Mapuya is really going to stick out for them in terms of their um, Indian contingent. And in terms of their foreigners, I think a lot's going to rely on Kwesi Apia because if he can get a relationship going with Gallego, they can be a threat 
if not, I mean, we saw how dangerous they could have been last year if they'd kept um, the big man up front um, fit, Asamojian fit. But as soon as he went, the whole team fell apart. So <clears throat> I think that's that. Them keeping their foreign players fit throughout the season could be their key. So this is the uh, last club that we are coming at this, Odisha. I did like Joseph Gambo a lot, personally. I thought that team had a long-term plan. I mean, I thought, I don't know. I'm just assuming because of all the youngsters they have. And they were all coming along decently also, like Subham Sarangi, etc. So now the coach is gone, new coach. They've added a few more youngsters, Isaac, Bodo, etc. What do you think of them? Is it going to be, again, built for the future? Or what's going to be the plan there? Well, in terms of, I mean, credit to the club for sticking with Gamba for for two seasons. I mean, most clubs would have done that, given the results that he started with and how they started off um, their journey. But I think nice guy that he was, um, Joseph Gamba. He's probably best suited for some, like, an academy or a developmental role because he needs time and the long run he develops players. But yeah, sadly, we're in a business of, of winning. So you've got to get the team to the top when they haven't been in the top four for the last three seasons. You count their Delhi Dynamos days. So they've gone for a big shake-up and they've shaken up um, the squad. And again, to use that much-used um, criteria that we've said, have they retained their best foreign player? Probably not. In terms of, like, you've lost Santana. But I think what they've done smartly because they've lost Santana is they managed to keep Onwu. So Onwu was brilliant for them. So I think in that regard, they've done well. I don't understand why they've kept um, Diagne. Um, maybe because he already had a contract that was there. So that could have been that could be the only reason I can think of because he wasn't really one of their better um, performers of last of last season um, in terms of their foreign players. I think one of the smart things that they've done is they've gone away from this bad habit that they had over the last few seasons of having a foreign defender, sorry, foreign goalkeeper, because that always just hamstrung the team. You automatically had less foreign players on the field and you made your team much weaker in. And... They definitely were defensively last year, and bringing in Steven Taylor is a huge, huge upgrade. He's probably going to be one of the best defenders in the league, Premier League experience, and played with uh, Williams and Krishna at um, Wellington Phoenix, a very, very good player. And Jacob Tratt's a good player too. So they're definitely stronger in that department. And they've got the sort of, um, you know, the joker in the pack is Marcelino. And it's, you know, we know what he can do when he's not playing well. In this but when he's on form, if he can recreate the player he was for them at Delhi Dynamos, I mean, he'll single-handedly get them um, 20, 30 points. I mean, 20 points at least this season. Um, so it's a matter of now building the squad at home. I think, again, if you look at it from the back, goal-wise, they've got competition for places. Actually, competition from Kamal, I think. So they're definitely stronger in, in the goalkeeping department. Even though they don't have a, you know, no Dorontoro, defensively they're miles, miles ahead of the where they were last season. 
Um, I think just the left back position somewhere where they're weak. There's a hype and we've seen him obviously from Bangalore days and then when he moved to Pune and then he was in the under-17 squad. The uh, full-back position is something that um, they're a tad, tad weak on. And then you move into midfield, I think, if they can get the balance right, you're obviously going to miss the players like Marcus Tabar and um, Chisco. So you wonder where the creative so well and good playing Marcelino there as a number 10, but you need someone to probably win the balls and get it to him. Um, and that, I think, Cole Alexander was supposed to be this key player for Baxter. I don't think in the country yet. From what I've gathered, his visa's not here yet. So that can be a problem if your player's not in the country and he still then has to do a 14-day quarantine or whatever. So that could really hamper them in terms of um, how they set up and we saw them yesterday. They scored two against a Mumbai team. They lost three too. So, pretty much that's as one would expect. You know, they'll get goals because Marcelino's in the team, and you've got terrific wingers, Nanda, who scored yesterday, and you've got um, Jerry. So you and you know you've added a few other really impressive young kids like Bodo and the likes of um, Daniel are still there. Samuel is behind them. So they've got some good young young Indian players. They lack sort of experience. I mean, their most experienced player is Vinit Raina. He's a sort of wise old man and wise old Indian player in their team. Him and Kamal to an extent. So that's probably the little weaknesses. But I think Stephen Taylor will help with, help that because he's quite a good leader in the squad. And I think their biggest asset is probably going to be um, Baxter, Stuart Baxter, because. He comes with a wealth of experience having coached all across the world. And I've spoken to a couple of people who played under him in South Africa and a couple, um, and they speak highly of him. said he's a very, very good man-manager and one of the best coaches that they've worked with. This is players who've played you know, in, in the A-League, in the MLS, and at top levels. So that's, I think that could be, their, could be their saving grace, is that they've got an organized, uh, very organized, astute coach, head coach. Yeah. So who's the youngster that uh, you're excited about? Because I think Bodo and Isaac also, who they signed, are uh, someone to watch out for. People may not have known much about Isaac, but he's quite good. Yeah, you probably know more about Bodo because of his social media. But yeah. <laughs> Isaac's, probably, <laughs> Isaac's probably played more minutes recently than Bodo has. Yeah, um, yeah I think Isaac's definitely one that um, could catch the eye. But it's just a matter of, will you know, and maybe he will in the early part if Cole Alexander is missing. A lot of these guys in midfield will get opportunities to um, to show to show showcase what they can do. So I think yeah, I was going to probably mention on you know Isaac as one of the names um, to keep an eye on. And I think Stephen Taylor will be the with the key to them at the back. And if they're probably the dark horse for me in terms of a yeah. team getting. If they can keep themselves fit, they'll fly under the radar of a lot of it and probably sneak into the top four ahead of... So if they get in, somebody like a BFC, ATK, Mohan or a Mumbai City AFC, those three, if you say they're or thereabouts favourites, this could be the dark horse to sneak in. Yeah. because This is why I like doing this previous with you, because I've come out with a whole other uh, understanding of certain teams. I've seen Steven Taylor in the Premier League. Yeah. playing so to see him play here will be quite uh, impressive 
he was in my football manager team as well steven taylor and <laughs> then i was uh, coaching full time and i'm really like this is now it's become sort of an annual thing now where both of us do this sort of preview of of the league and it's actually good for I mean, me to it makes me actually sit down and do some homework on each team and put them you start placing the foreign players in, in their best positions and then you realize okay you can only play five of them you can't use all six or you can't yeah. use seven as a case where teams who have seven so it makes you actually start think what's the best balance you can get amongst the indian players that they have and because we're in lockdown and quarantine now and you're stuck the only bits of information you have is when you start speaking to players or analysts and other people who are at other clubs and they give you a little bit of tidbits from you know like the guys who played against mumbai yesterday the odisha guys will say yeah mumbai did this mumbai did that they did play with a diamond like you expected or someone will say yeah east bengal did play with a back three so you get the information which sort of reinforces what you were already thinking or it dispels some of the thinking that you had so i think it's it's a good exercise for for both of us yeah i know and i made me actually listen to all your podcasts um and i got some of the other commentators i passed it on to them i said listen you want to know more about um owen coyle and cedar ferando i said listen to these podcasts you'll get a good insight into them so yeah, it's good thank you. it's good for us as well to, uh, to get uh, learn from what your interviews yeah because the issue is um, when you're speaking to coaches it takes a while for them to trust you to speak openly and things and that's understandable because they are coming in they don't know what you're going to ask and things like that so the, the good thing about a podcast is i get an hour 45 minutes or something to talk to them so eventually they'll loosen up and they'll start talking absolutely no i think that's it's one of the skills journalists have is that you coax answer, answers out of coaches so if it's in a press conference we're normally quite curt and it's sort of yes no and we answer the question specifically because we want to get out of there but when you get one on one time with a journalist like this where it's an hour the inhibitions go and you could see like for example in the Cesar Ferrando interview if you'd ask a coach about his style of play no one in pre-season way how they'll play hmm. but over the course of that chat with you for an hour you know he slowly gives away that he'll actually prefers to play with a higher press so yeah. If you listen so you know as a coach listening to his preseason thing you think okay if i'm bfc playing first game then you know maybe play with a deshawn brown and look for that sort of ball over the top um or that you know you you may get that little bit of information that you think oh okay we we can look to get in behind them because they are going to be a team that presses us so you can give this little bit of information to your players so i think it's it's quite interesting how even with your own coil one uh some of the things that he discussed with you in in the podcast and if i spoke to somebody who saw the game yesterday there is a correlation between what he said and how the game transpired yesterday hey oh, that's good to know yeah i mean i haven't seen any of the games right so i have no oh, idea i'm just going by you know second hand information that we're getting from the games yeah but it's a uh, difficult there are some coaches who don't talk much who generally are like khalid jamil I like him but my god they won't say any any like doing a podcast with him would be just me asking questions uh, like and him saying yeah no snai wa snai wa so <laughs> there are people like that also but it's always nice to have a coach who's always willing to explain like uh, carles is a good interview in that he is very open about what he wants to do and things yeah no sure elko is another one who will be definitely very open yeah. to discussing yeah Yeah, I did with on with him as well when during the beginning part of the yeah. lockdown. 
so that those ways it's nice for us also to know what these guys are up to like what the plan is and their problems hopefully this year i don't know how it's going to happen earlier we could always just call up and say can we do this do this on this time this day i'll come here i'll go there mm-hmm. this year i don't know what is going to happen well I mean, you might have an advantage because everyone's stuck in their hotels so but it's not the same if you're not sitting face to face with that person there is also that connection that uh, true if it's a new person and you haven't met them yeah definitely um you know maybe send them across a virtual drink and then you know they'll, they'll be more tempted yeah. <laughs> uh, nowadays everybody is uh, <laughs> everyone's all about fitness these days yeah, everyone needs a day off <laughs> yeah so today is my day of i'm moving houses i like it's uh, absolute mess right now i was cleaning the in the morning and things so where you moved from bangalore to no no i just moved from my house okay. to a different house uh, i'm looking to settle oh ah, yeah marital home now yeah only i'm here that's the problem yeah it's okay bachelor pad to marital home yeah so now i'm looking i'm like this this is dirty what is this like earlier i would have been fine with it and i'm like no no I'm calling the owner and this is dirty what is this? like you have to fix it so where are we to which location indra nagar only oh nice nice oh in the yes, happy good good yeah just uh, 500 meters from where i used to stay okay yeah so everyone take prices are better now in bangalore if you're renting it's a good chance to uh move if you go to sarjapur side and the yeah. electronic city side yeah this side not so much really yeah i mean it's slightly lesser but not so much that okay. side it's cheap insane like i saw the houses there and the prices they were going for i was almost in tears because <laughs> i can't commute from there whenever yeah. the office starts so it's not going to happen but yeah eventually traffic it, back to being crazy in bangalore so it's already crazy yeah yeah that's because they've dug half the roads up right you know generally also like there are people outside all the time it's just uh, it's like back to normal only there's nobody staying wait the school yeah but wait till the school start then it's cuz i live around where all the schools are right oh yeah 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 once school starts that it just literally becomes it's faster to walk i remember the old days uh when i was at bfc i would walk back because it was faster than driving. Oh ah, yeah, it's walkable from your this thing, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I never thought of that, but I had an almost had an accident with a kid on your road. Yeah. So you are going slowly in 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 the traffic and this kid just jumped out of nowhere and then hit the hit my scooter's rearview mirror. And his mom was right there. And in that shock and anger, I was I I the first thing that comes out is an abuse, right? Yeah but then I, I halfway through starting i was like what language would he understand so <laughs> i went from malayalam to hindi to english to then just doing something with the hand and just going away so uh, i i don't miss those days but i looking back it's funny <laughs> that <laughs> those kind of stuff do happen but yeah it's uh, cool yeah. all right man pleasure again we'll always uh, always a pleasure talking to you you too man. we'll keep yeah. we'll see how it transpires let's see how close we are we'll we'll do some predictions later absolutely yeah, yeah. okay you take care huh? everything yeah. is fine right there yeah it's fine just but that's why you're just trying to keep busy like these things are good it just gives you something to do uh, <laughs> in the day and then it's like okay now i'll do the next thing i'll do something else. otherwise it's just you're stuck in the room so i actually got like i prepared a lot more for this call than i would have 
So that's, oh, that's nice to hear. I'm of use somewhere. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you. Thank you so much, Madhav. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Madhav. I think I took uh, nearly two hours of your time also. That's all right. Time I have. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it. The end of our ISL preview. We hope that uh, you've come out of this with a lot more knowledge of the teams, and let's see if what we predicted comes through. You can follow me at Sandy Nonam. You can follow the Injury Time podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, everywhere. It's Injury Time I N D, and you can hit subscribe on any podcast platform that you like, so that when we give you our weekly episodes of analysis and interviews and everything in between, it'll come right to your doorstep. You know, digitally speaking. So until the next episode of Injury Time, take care and be safe.